0: Welcome back to the Sick of Me podcast. I'm Angie Elkins from
1: Chatology and I'm Whitney Caps. We're so glad that you're here.
0: So, so glad. So guys, you know by now this is a companion podcast that goes right along with Whitney's book, Sick of Me. You can get it wherever you buy books. But guess what? Whitney also has an audiobook version.
1: Yeah, you can I'm, find it there. Yeah,
0: yeah, I'm so excited. So, most of you are podcast listeners, so yeah. I know how you like to listen to your books too. Yes. Did you read it yourself, Whitney? I
1: did read it myself, so it's my voice. You'll hear a whole lot of Whitney. But if you wouldn't prefer to read it via audiobook, meaning listen to it, yeah, (laughs) we love how you
0: get it there. Look, I'm a mom, and I'm in my car a lot. I'm doing household duties a lot. I just don't have a lot of time to sit down and and read read a book, hold a book in my hand, which is sounds ridiculous, but I don't. And so. Uh, the last couple of books I've read, I've, I've audioed. Yeah, I think yeah. it's
1: great. I can do it while I'm cooking. Yeah. I often will listen to an audiobook when I'm pushing a grocery cart through the grocery store. Me so too. listen, I totally get it, and I'm a fan. So if you'd yeah. like to get it there, you certainly can.
0: Okay, awesome. That's really good to know. Okay, so last time we were talking about finding that one friend, that mm-hmm. one friend who is going to help us who's going to point us to Jesus right. really help us to go through that process of sanctification not going to cut our legs out from under us when the lord is convicting that's or the right. holy spirit is convicting um this is not that friend who's going to let us off the hook right. but the friend who's going to say pay attention to what god's saying about that mm-hmm. just what are you mm-hmm. what are you thinking but you know it's not just that one on one friendship mm-hmm. that's important or or two on one friend Um, we need to look into a bigger community than that. So tell me why that's important to have a a bigger community outside that one couple of friendships.
1: Absolutely. Well, one, it's important to note that anytime the Bible talks about the process of sanctification, it's almost always within the context of the church. Hmm. So the first reason it matters is because that's what God says is really kind of the place where sanctification happens. Now, I have to kind of infer at why God chose the church. But there are a couple of hints that we get in scripture that I think tell us why God's plan was for us to have community within the context of local believers. If you go all the way back to um, the wilderness wanderings for Israel, God told them to camp and set up camp where he was the center of their community. Mm. He, the Holy of Holies, the place where God tabernacled, was really the center of their community. And I think what that hints at is here you've got a collection of the people of God, the Israelites that he had emancipated from Egyptian slavery. And he says, but I want you to build your community around me. And then we see that same thing picked up in Acts chapter 2 at the beginning of the church. In Acts chapter 2, we read that they were all together, but they were from lots of different places. The Holy Spirit falls, and they begin to hear their unique language but all in the same place. Mm. And it's one of the greatest stories of the New Testament. I love it so much. It gives me chills just to summarize it. But a little bit later in that same chapter, it says that all the believers, and there were 3,000 that became believers through Peter's sermon that day. It says they were all together in one place and had everything in common. Now, these are people who just, we don't know if it was hours before or a few days before. They didn't speak the same language. They didn't have the same heritage. They didn't have the same skin color. None of that did they have in common. But now, it says they were all together and had everything in common. Mm. Why? Because they had everything. Jesus mm. in common. And so the beautiful thing about experiencing community within a larger context is it reminds us that whether or not our kids go to, go to school together, whether or not you're married and I'm single or I'm single and you're married, whether or not I've been widowed but you still have a husband, whether your kids are in college and mine are in the toddler phase, that's not what binds us together. Mm. It is Jesus. Mm. And so it is, I think the great thing that happens in large context community that's different, even then, if you have a great friend at work and she is a great accountability partner for you, you built your relationship usually around something that you have in common like work. Mm. At church, we build our relationship around Jesus, and that is not going to change. Mm. He never changes. So as life circumstances change, as um, our kids change, as our marital Mm. status changes— we will always have Jesus in mm-hmm. common. What yeah. a great place to have these kind of sanctifying conversations. To Let start me tell from. you,
0: a great example just came to my brain yes. as you were talking. We recently did a service here at First Baptist Orlando, where I go to church, and it was a we called it Meet the Need Weekend, and it, we had people who just had needs that needed to be met come forward, and it was the most precious thing. I'll never forget. I got to help this um, widow. Mm -hmm. who was really in need, trying to get some some bills paid, and a gentleman who sat behind her at church every week. That's how he knew her. He sat behind her at church every week, saw her come forward and said, oh, I I know her. I know Miss Grace because I sit with her at church every Mm -hmm. Sunday. I don't know that they had any connection outside the body of Christ, but he was able to meet a need for her that weekend just because of the connection they have here. Mm -hmm. And they sit in close proximity, that's it. That's
1: exactly right. There is such a rich tapestry because we go to church with other believers, some of whom are like us but a lot of whom are not, where we get to see the unique attribute, faithfulness, character of God manifested in a way that I might not experience because Mm -hmm. of my circumstances. It fuels my faith to see God show himself faithful within the context of a circumstance that's different than mine. And if I'll pay attention, I'll file that away. Mm-hmm. And when I'm struggling and I'm going, Lord, I don't know what you're going to do. I don't know how you're going to do this. I don't know what you're up to. I can go, wait a minute, but I've seen him act. I've mm-hmm. seen him move. I've seen him be faithful. And it just creates such rich Kind of church and spiritual life in HD. Mm. You know, it's high definition faith Mm -hmm. when you get to see it up close and personal within the context of Christian community in your church.
0: So true. We were talking a a few minutes ago about how I teach a 10th grade girls' life group, and I teach with one of my closest friends. We're friends, we do life together, our girls are friends, all of those things. But when we began teaching this group together, focusing on the Word of God Mm. and and teaching younger girls about it, it changed our relationship. Yes, it deepened our relationship.
1: Oh, for sure.
0: Serving alongside each other.
1: Yeah, listen, <laughs> if you want to really get to know somebody, serve alongside them, right? Because <laughs> let's be honest, it's really hard, and it mm. tests, um, it tests my spiritual maturity because it it. It requires um, commitment and selflessness and longevity and perseverance and things that I don't normally have naturally. And so if you serve alongside me, you'll see the real Whitney, Mm -hmm. not the Sunday school version of Whitney. But yet it also binds us together in a really sweet way because we're moving towards that common goal. And I get to see where your strengths are and where my strengths are, where your weaknesses are and where my weaknesses are. But yet we are also doing it authentically in a way where, because we're moving together towards Mm -hmm. the same goal, I feel safe for you to speak into my life, and hopefully you feel safe Mm -hmm. for me to speak into yours.
0: That's so good. Why is it important, Whitney, that we meet together weekly? You know, when the scripture says, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together. Why is that important? Because I have my personal relationship with Jesus, and I can go out on the lake, and He is with me, Mm -hmm. and I feel His presence. So, why is it important for me to get together with another, with a group of believers?
1: Absolutely. Well, first of all, and this is, the, I know this feels like kind of the pat answer and the way out, but if nothing else, because God commanded it. Yeah. So even if you can experience Jesus in another way, even if you feel him powerfully in a different circumstance, God commanded us to come together, join together and worship him corporately. Mm. It is a command, not an invitation in mm. scripture. It is a call and a command for the people of God to gather together. But practically speaking, there is something so powerful about us walking in spiritual journey together. Mm-hmm. Let me give you a few things that I've, I've experienced personally that I don't get anywhere else. Um, one of my really good friends, Jennifer, um, she and I go to church together, and she um, had a, a more of a charismatic background than I had. And so Jennifer is very free in worship. And I remember watching her one time in church lay herself out mm. and just so moved by the Spirit that she wanted to get on her face before the Lord. Mm -hmm. And I had never seen that in the context of corporate worship. And I remember being so moved by the sincerity, the quietness, the humility of that, that I thought I did not know that worship could look like that. But I'm Mm -hmm. so personally challenged to see her respond in faith that way to what Mm -hmm. the Lord was doing in her heart and in her life. And I think sometimes we can get in our own Christian bubble, and let's be real, sometimes when we think about heaven, we picture it, everybody looking, talking, singing, and worshiping exactly like us, and it is not. No, it's not. It is going to be the most beautiful, rich, diverse group of people ever Mm. gathered, and we will have worship in languages and tongues Mm. and iterations that we've never envisioned. And so... Even if your church, if most of your church people look like you, they still experience Jesus in a Mm. way that can stretch your mind about what it means to worship Jesus Mm. in a way that is still reverent and honoring and orderly, as is commanded in Corinthians, but yet moves me outside of my comfort zone, gets me outside of my box, (laughs) and makes me experience Him in a powerful way. I
0: think that speaks to obedience as well, because Mm. your friend was obedient in worship. The, The Holy Spirit prompted her. It gives you freedom Mm -hmm. to to, when you feel a prompting to say, oh, well, maybe I I can do that too. That's right. I think that's so important. Um,
1: Can I give you a second practical thing that I think happens when we're in church together? So my husband and I are—of course, I shouldn't say this, but we go to the same church. Shocking, I know. (laughs) So every Sunday, Chad and I sit together and hear the same sermon. One of my favorite things that happens is we'll get in the car after church on a Sunday morning and we'll start talking about dad's sermon and it never ceases to amaze me. We literally just sat beside each other, like not even for us, not even different services literally heard the exact same message at the exact same time. And the way the Holy Spirit is speaking conviction Mm. and truth and change in Him, sometimes it's completely different than what the Holy Spirit was communicating to me. Now, I'm not saying that truth is relative. What I'm saying is when we hear God's Word faithfully and carefully handled, the Holy Spirit begins to work in us in specific ways to work out and live out that truth Mm. and respond appropriately. And what I love about doing church life together is that we have a shared language Mm. and a shared experience to say, Man, I heard that, and God called you to children's ministry. He called me to women's ministry. He (laughs) called my husband to ministry through our financial department. Look at what God Mm. does within the beauty and diversity of our church.
0: Where else does that happen?
1: I I mean, I can't think of anywhere else where something like that happens and exists.
0: It's really special. It's so
1: special. And we forget that, because let me just say, like, Church is messy and hard and jacked up, <laughs> full stop. So if you're not madly in love with your church right now, let me just say I so have mm. been there. But there's so many things that only happen within the context of church. And Scripture is actually clear that the sacraments, mm. so no matter what baptism looks like in your church, the sacraments of baptism and the Lord's Supper and the careful handling of God's Word only happen within the context mm. of our church. And those things matter because the sacraments remind us not only of what God did, Once before, but Mm. what he will do again. What do you mean by sacraments? The sacraments can be any of those holy, what we might call rituals or symbols that remind us of a significant spiritual truth. Like the taking of the Lord's Supper reminds us of Jesus breaking the bread Mm -hmm. and um, spilling the wine with his disciples right before the cross. And that references back to the Passover meal that they enjoyed after they had been emancipated Mm -hmm. from Egyptian slavery. And so these sacraments remind us That God was faithful to Israel as they were leaving Egypt. God was faithful to Jesus in the upper room. God was faithful to my friend when she was struggling with infertility. God will be faithful Mm. to me because Jesus is the bread and His blood is the wine or the juice. And so these sacraments remind us they're symbols of a holy and significant moment.
0: Whitney, I think there are people listening who have been hurt by the church.
1: Oh, friend, yeah.
0: Yeah, and, and I want... To give them a little hope in mm. that. Look, we're you know I've heard it said many times, a church is a place for broken people. Mm-hmm. The only people that go to my church are sinners. Mm-hmm. That's the only kind we have. That's exactly right. Right. That's so true. So we have to remember that. Mm-hmm. But what would you say to encourage someone who's been so hurt by the church mm-hmm. that they just think, I just don't know if I've got the courage to step back in the door? Yeah,
1: absolutely. And let me just say, there are degrees of hurt. Mm, okay. Right. Degrees of hurt. Jesus would never condone or ask you to overlook abuse. Ever, ever, yes. ever, full stop. That's not okay. Right. But the danger is that sometimes we think, and all of us have been hurt by the church to some degree. Yeah. The danger is when we think we're the exception and our hurt was the worst. We can't all be exceptions. Mm-hmm. And Jesus does ask us to continue loving the church because he loves the church. Mm-hmm the church is Jesus's bride. Yeah. He loves the church deeply, passionately and intimately. And so The first thing you do when you've been hurt by the church is begin to pray. And I imagine there are a lot of you who are saying, I have prayed. I have sought counseling, (laughs) and I still hurt. And let me just say, I understand. Mm. And so then the challenge is to step into the church believing the best. Mm. And sometimes I think what we look for, we find. Mm. So if you're still hurt and you look for the ways the church has hurt other people or is still hurting you, you'll find it because Mm. it's there. It's there. But we can step into the church looking for the ways that despite the hurt, Jesus has been faithful and He is accomplishing His will Mm -hmm. among these broken people, just like me.
0: Definitely broken people. There are no perfect churches. And I think a lot of times when I hear people talk about being hurt by the church, what really has happened is maybe there was one person or one leader or a couple,
1: or a group
0: of people, but it's not the entire Mm -hmm. church. There is a segment of people, of good people who Mm -hmm. are loving Jesus, Mm -hmm. um, and we just go and expect Mm -hmm. that the Lord will lead us to those people. Mm -hmm. I think that's so encouraging and hopeful.
1: Absolutely. and I think they are there to be found, Mm. but sometimes... I, I, and let me just say this is me. So I won't put this on all women, but sometimes I can ask God to help those people find me and I can sit back and wait. Mm. When sometimes when you're hurting, you need to look for people who can help you find healing. And so maybe don't go back to those same friends that hurt you, but I bet there are people in your church Mm. who can minister to you and help you begin to heal. Whitney, you've
0: written a Bible study about the local Mm. church, right? Can you tell me just a little bit more about
1: that? Sure. Listen, um, I love the church. I've been in the church my whole life, and I have seen the beautiful side of the church, and I've seen the really broken side of the church, and I have personally been deeply wounded Mm. by church people. And so I went to scripture hoping, let me just be clear, I, was, I went to scripture hoping that I could find justification to love God but not love the church mm. and find that experience really? someplace else. Mm. And what I found was that for God, those two things are never separate. Mm. To love Jesus is to love the church. That's it. Mm. And so if you've ever felt like your relationship with the church, like if you had a social media status, it would say complicated, (laughs) uh, then this Bible study is for you. Mm. And it asks some really hard questions about what we think and believe about the church. And it asks us how committed we'll be, Hmm. even when it doesn't feel good, and even when it hasn't been fair. And so it's called We Over Me. It's Letters of Hope from Revelation. So we look at the seven letters that Jesus writes to the churches in Revelation Hmm. to give us some hope and clarity for what He loves and expects of the church.
0: Hmm. That's great. So is it available now? It
1: is. You can get it at Lifeway, and I'd be honored.
0: How great. What a great summer Bible study. That'd be great. It would be so great. Just Hmm. get a group of
1: of girlfriends in community. That's right. That'd be perfect. my goodness, so so great. Yes. And there's video teaching. There are video teachings that go along with it. There are actually nine video sessions. There's okay. eight weeks of study, nine video sessions. And um yeah. I hope it challenges you to think about the church in a different way. Yeah. It did well, for me.
0: that's so fun. I can't wait to work through it with a group of girlfriends. That sounds great. So thank you, Whitney, for joining Friend, me again It's been so today. fun. Listen, I let's do
1: it one more time because we've got a few more things we want to talk about.
0: One more time. We are wrapping it up. Next week will be our last episode of the Sick of Me podcast. We're so glad you've been joining us. Don't miss it. And let me ask you one more favor. If you've loved this podcast, would you leave me a rating and review on iTunes? Just go find the, the podcast and say, I loved this. Give us a five star rating and tell us what you liked. It's a great way for you to communicate with us what you've gotten out of the podcast yes. and it helps other people find the show. Absolutely. So Absolutely. that would be awesome.
1: Thanks, Thanks you guys. guys.
0: Thank you for joining Whitney and I today remember to check out all the links in the show notes where you'll find places to purchase Whitney's book, Sick of Me, as well as the accompanying Bible study called We Over Me. Remember to follow Whitney and me on social media. We would love to connect with you on Facebook and Instagram. You can find links in the show notes as to where to find us. Now, as you listen to this episode, I bet you thought of a friend or two who might like to hear this message. Would you text this episode link to that friend right now? This is the best way to get a great conversation started. Thank you again for listening. As you head into the rest of your day, we pray you will be inspired to pursue not just honesty in your relationships, but holiness. That's where actual change happens and when we become more like Jesus.